Hello, and welcome to the Free Music Ed Podcast. My name is Stephen, and what you're about to hear is a live clinic session from the Texas Music Educators Association in February 2014. Together with some professors from some universities and some deans of music, I presented a clinic to help students figure out what it's like to go from being a high school student to being a college music major. Speakers included Dr. Robert Tucker from Hardin-Simmons University, Mary Lynn Fletcher from Victoria College, Dr. David Scott from Texas A&M Commerce, and Dr. John Scott from the University of North Texas. During this clinic, we took lots of different questions from people about what it's like to major in music and how to get ready. The recording quality is not perfect. It was inside of a live hall, and we had a bit of an issue with the microphones, but everything can be heard, and I certainly hope that you enjoy hearing this. Please welcome Stephen Cox and this distinguished panel. Good morning. Uh, real quick, out of curiosity here, how many people are in high school right now and are thinking about going to college very soon and are here because of that? Many? Oh, good, good. That's what I was hoping for. How, how many people are those people's family? Okay, good, good. And how many people are music educators currently? All right, very nice. Well, I'm very happy to see all of you today. So, uh, real quick, let me tell you what's going to go on. Uh, all of these guys are college professors. Three of them are deans of their universities. And uh, they're going to be telling you all about what it's like to be a music major. Now, like a lot of things you do in life, like uh, buying a house or for some people getting married, it's something that you might only do once in your life. It stands to reason that whenever you go to major in music, it's probably your first time doing it. And so it's good to have as much information as you can beforehand. So, first of all, um, if this holds true for what I've seen in the other panels, most of you will be missing on your phones. So, uh, I'd like to encourage that, in fact, and if you will take, uh, and if you have a question that you'd like to ask this panel, you can actually tweet that or Facebook it to us. Okay, these are, these are the places you can do that. On Twitter, the tag Free Music Ed Org, I see phones coming out, I'm happy. Uh, and on Facebook, you can go and find the Free Music Ed Podcast. Uh, that's a radio program we do, and we're actually going to broadcast this on here, bearing that the recording comes out uh, viable. So, first off, I'm very smart about getting myself around people that are much smarter than I am. I'm going to present some questions to this panel to go ahead and get us started. Uh, also, let's say that you don't have a phone. Uh, I don't know how that could possibly happen. But uh, if you don't have a phone, you can actually take, uh, and we will open the floor for questions just in person, you know, face to face. I've, I've heard that's possible. I think we have the technical capabilities to do that too. We're gonna start out pretty basic. This first question is going to go to Dr. Tucker right here. The first question is, how do I know if I should major in music? Yeah, I've, I've thought about this a lot, and I, I myself struggled with that when I first went to school. In fact, I started off as a, a law enforcement major. That may shock you guys. And uh, I wanted to be a police officer and, and join the FBI. Um, but I ended up uh, being a, a horn player and, and loving it, and I won a, a scholarship playing my horn, and so I felt like that was a sign I needed to be a music major. So what are, what are the signs that you should consider music? One is that, that you love sound. That, that sound really intrigues you, and that when you hear a sound, it could be a dog barking or a bell or almost anything, you kind of jump and you look around. 
uh, musicians uh, uh, tend to be real attuned to sound in general. My wife says it's ADD, but whenever I hear a sound, I'll look over and try, try to figure out what that is. So, so I, I think that musicians just really get intrigued with sound. Secondly, and this sounds like a cliche, but it is, it is true, that you love, love music, and that, that music has great meaning to you in your life. Um, uh, but thirdly, and this is very important if you're going to do a music major, that you want to know how music is put together. You're curious. You're curious about how all this comes together, all this sound. How do bands and orchestras and choirs and, 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 and songs, how does all this work? What does it all mean? And you're willing to work hard to find out how music is, is put together. And then I think lastly, and, and this, is, this is probably the, the major thing, and you may not have thought about this, but I think it's true. And that is that you believe that music makes a difference in the world. If you believe that music makes a huge difference in this world and that it becomes a human need, something that, that we need to have, that we're so involved, then you really need to consider majoring in music. I think those are the four things. Thank you. Uh, when we were talking about this before, Marilyn Fletcher, you uh, had a, a kind of a, a truism that I thought was kind of cool, a, a saying that you had about what you think about this. Would you share that with us? Okay. I, um, a friend of mine said once that if you can be happy doing anything else, then you shouldn't be a music major. And I think that's what happens over and over. I see students who come in and say, oh, my parents want me to be a scientist or computer person. And then they lose a year because they find out they can't live without music. So I think it's important to try it if you think it may be important that very first semester out. Because once you get that music theory class, you will know whether it's for you or not. There's a reason that 50% that of the students in music theory one don't go to music theory two. Um, it's a really it's a class that really tells you whether you want to do this or not. Thank you. Uh, th by the way, these questions, I, I pulled all of our high school students at Eastland to see what they wanted to know. Uh, and these were some of the favorites. Now, we have two people with the last name Scott on this panel. We have uh, Dr. David Scott and Dr. John Scott. Uh, and so that's why I'm going to be doing double names this whole time. But uh, now, if you've decided that you're going to major in music, the, probably the first thing you're going to notice is that there's a bunch of different degree plans. You can be a choral major, you can, or an emphasis, an education major, performance major, and then depending on where you go, any variety of really different things like musical therapy, etc. Uh, Dr. David Scott, how should we come up with uh, what degree plan we should be following if we're going to major in music? Well, a little bit like, like Dr. Tucker said, it depends a little bit on what your passion is. If you if you can't live without playing your horn or singing or making music on your own every day and that's what you're passionate about, then maybe leaning towards a performing major might be what you want to do. That being said, I'm firmly of the opinion, and I think probably most of the panelists are as well, that our best teachers are those that are, are our best performers as well. And you can't really be a great teacher without being a really, really good musician on your own performer. So just because you're a great player doesn't mean that you shouldn't look at education. If, you're, if your makeup is such that you want to share not just your music, but you want to share what it does to you and all those other things with other people, then maybe that education is a little bit um, more the way you ought to be going. 
And the great thing about it is, the first two, three years of your, of your undergraduate experience, you're gonna be taking almost the exact same classes anyway. Um, at some point during your junior or senior year, you'll start branching out more into recital preparation, a few more music theory class sorts of things. If you're on the performance side, on the education side, you'll start taking more of the traditional education classes. Uh, in some programs across our state and other states, you might need to get into some of the um, how to teach other instruments than the one you play classes. You might need to get into those starting in your sophomore year or thereabouts. So you've got a little time to make it. If you make it through theory one, then, then you can start worrying about those, those sorts of things. I would like to also mention, you may see when you open a catalog, a whole bunch of different letters. You may see a Bachelor of Arts or a BA. You may see a Bachelor of Science, a BS. You may see a BM, Bachelor of Music. You may see a BFA, Bachelor of Fine Arts. You may see an Associate of, of Arts. All of those degree designations have been around academia, if I can get technical for, for just a minute. Some of them have been around for seven or 800 years. Some of them have been around for about 100 years. In the grand scheme of things, it's the classes you have to take and what you end up getting. I don't think that anybody gets out with a Bachelor of Arts in Music Education and has a significantly worse experience than somebody who ended up getting a Bachelor of Science in Music Education or a Bachelor of Music Education or any of those. So it's far more important that you look at the classes that you're going to have to take at the scope of what you're doing than the actual letters that are there. Um, in, in some very rare instances, the undergraduate degree you get might make might influence a graduate panel's decision on whether to accept you or not. But those are slight. Those are really, really slight. Um, so don't worry too much about the kind. I mean, you, if you've got it down to, to school to two schools and, and one offers a bachelor of arts with music education and the other is a bachelor of music education, don't pick this one because it doesn't have the word arts in it. And that that really shouldn't make too much difference. Thank you very much. Uh, there are suggestions and questionings flying through the Twitter sphere right now. An astonishing number three so far. Uh, <laughs> this this next question aligns with one we were going to uh, to ask pretty quick. Uh, anyway, so this is for Marilyn Fletcher. This is from Cody Raven Morris at DJ Coco Dances. <laughs> Very nice, joyful Twitter handle. Okay, her, her question is, when should students apply for music departments and auditions? So could you talk to us a little bit about auditioning for a music department and a little bit about the application process? Well, the first thing you do is target the schools you think you may want to go to, and then they will have on their websites, if most of them, uh, when those auditions are. If you go to UNT, where Dr. Scott is, or you go to U UT Austin, they have an early admission usually with an audition in December. Um, if you go elsewhere, it's gonna be in the spring semester of your senior year, you're going to be looking at that. And that could be, uh, it usually starts in February and continues on through. Now I'm at a community college and we just wait until May and do ours. We're kind of the late one, um, but that's what it is. And some people often ask, what do you take to a music audition? Well, again, that's where you look on their website and see what you want, what they want. As a pianist, I went to Indiana University in, in Bloomington, Indiana, and I had to have a Bach Prelude and Fugue, a classical sonata, and an etude of some sort. 
Uh, at my school, we just want two contrasting selections. We know we're not going to get a Bach prelude and fugue, and we're not going to get those. So it really depends on the school you're going to, what you're going to do. At other schools, then they will have, uh, depending on the school, where I am, we're very small, so we tend to just talk to people and see what they know in music theory. We'll say, okay, what's key signature B major? Okay, what's, what's key signature D sharp minor? We'll find out where they are. Uh, if you go to bigger schools, you may have to take a theory placement exam. You may have to take an, an ear training exam to see what you know. You may have to take a sight singing exam. And yes, instrumentalists, you do have to sight sing. Thank you. I, I just had terrifying flashbacks of sight singing. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, uh, uh, Dr. John Scott. Uh, could you tell us what we should look for in a school of music? Now, what's neat about this panel that you're going to see here is we have representatives from um, public universities, from a private university, from big universities, small universities, and two-year college. So uh, hopefully this will be a pretty diverse experience, but what, what should we look for when we're looking at all those kinds of schools? Well, you have to look at the place where you feel you're going to be most comfortable that will offer you the kind of program that you want to pursue. And I tell students all the time, keep your blinders off when you go to college, right? Um, I happen to teach at a university now that has about 33,000 students in it. It's a large public institution. Sitting at this table are community college, private church schools, medium-sized programs, small programs. Look at the place where you think you'll be comfortable, the university or college where you'll be comfortable. Look at different kinds of universities. Don't get fixed on one thing. I am only going to go to a fill in the blank. Look at different kinds of places. I promise you, many of you out there are 17 or 18 years old and you know exactly what you want to do, but you're not being truthful with yourselves yet. You think you know what you want to do. Keep the blinders off and look at different kinds of schools and apply to them. I tell everybody you want to, the ideal situation is to be sitting in your kitchen in March or April and you have all these letters laid out on the table and this one says you're in, you're in, you're in, you're out. You take the last one, you crunch it, crunch it up and throw it in the trash can and forget about it and move on. And you figure out the place that's right for you. Music programs are the same thing. We have everything in this country from conservatories that do nothing but train people to become performers to places like us on the opposite end of the scale, which are large comprehensive music programs. A comprehensive music program is one of those places where you could go and major in performance. We have kind of a conservatory within the school. We have a large music education program. We have a large jazz program. We have composition and ethnomusicology and musicology. You want to be in some kind of place where you're allowed to look around and find things and experience things. I will tell you a little bit about your future as music educators by telling you about my past as a music educator. You're looking at someone who knew when he was 18 years old he wanted to be a high school band director. That's what I wanted to do and I went to college and I did all that stuff and I wrote the halftime shows and I taught them to my kids when I student taught and I did all that kind of stuff. And somewhere in my senior year, I, would, I got really interested in musicology. I thought, you know, I'd really like to be a musicology major. And I actually went off to a school and talked to somebody and all that kind of stuff. And then somebody got me, somebody said to me, you know, you, you really play that clarinet pretty well. 
you might want to try this. So I thought, well, that might be a good idea. So I auditioned at same school this lady went to, Indiana University, which is the other, it's the only other school in the country the size we are. So we, we both have about 1,600 music majors, right? Big, they're big places. And I went from my undergraduate school department of 40 students, where I was very comfortable at the time in my life, and I went to this big school, and I never regretted what I did, and I never turned back. But somehow I got from being a high school band director when I was 18 years old to getting my way through a master's and a doctorate in multiple woodwinds with a principal instrument and clarinet. I wound up in my first job doing everything. I started a college band, I started a jazz program. You know, you do all it. You know, you go to you start in a small school and you do everything, right? And how somebody from a little dinky town in the coal mines of Western Maryland who was the son of a textile worker, <laughs> wound up at the University of North Texas 45 years or so later, I still don't quite understand. But the journey was fun, and I had a great time doing it. But I had all these choices along the way of things I could do, and I tried to look at as many different possibilities as I possibly could. And that's what I would encourage each of you to do. We had this discussion about degrees over here. And I think what I said also speaks to degrees. Most music programs have similar curriculums for the first couple of years. You have time to change your mind. You know? Don't put yourself in a pigeonhole when you walk in the door. Keep your eyes open. Listen to music, all kinds of music, things that you've never heard before in your life, stuff that you think kind of weird. Right? Listen to it and learn from it and figure out where you're going to be along the way. And you'll be just fine. Right? Keep your ears open and your eyes open. Thanks. Thank you very much. Now, I've got another question. This one's from Facebook. This is Nick Rayburn. And you don't have to show yourself, but you want to raise your hand while I'll stare at you. <laughs> no. Hey, Nick Rayburn, hi. You're asking, should I major in performance? Should I major in education? And how to make that decision? And I'll let anyone on the panel respond to this. Real quick, I'll tell you that whenever I went to college, I said, you know, everyone's telling me to do the music ed degree because it certifies you to do something. Uh, but, you know, I want to do performance. There's no way I'm going to be a teacher, and especially not a band director. I didn't like my band experience very much, and I thought, those guys are crazy, that job's crazy, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and about a year or two into college, all those reasons were exactly the reason I thought it'd be a good idea to major in music education, that it was crazy and interesting and a really hard job. And it's the best job in the world. I guarantee you that. I love teaching students. Um, however, you may not, uh, and so that's uh, going to be an awful personal decision. I'm sure that's what they're going to say to you. But you know, uh, there's there's a time commitment to both of those different things. And in the end, if you get a you know education degree and you want to do performance in some fashion, there's still lots of opportunities for that. If you get a performance degree, you're also going to have to get certified if you want to teach. But again, that's a time exchange panel. Okay, this is one of my favorite subjects. I'll talk for 30 seconds and then pass the mic on to somebody else. I have never taught a student in my life that I taught in any other way other than to trying to make them become the best player on their instrument or voice possible. You don't teach down to people. You don't teach the clarinet, you don't teach the violin, you don't teach the piano. You teach people. And if you don't go to school, and you're trying to be the best person you can in all those areas, that includes you as a trombone player or a violist or whatever it is, you maybe want to think about something else. 
right? I, musicians are horrible perfectionists. We're crazy. We're just a little crazy. There are two kinds of perfection in the world. There's positive perfection and negative perfection. Positive perfection will make you a successful person no matter what you do. Negative perfection will drive you nuts, all right? Practice hard, and if, if you go to a place and they're teaching down to you because you're not a performance major, you need to find some other place. A lot of it depends on you. One thing I would caution, and it's a little hard to, to say this, and parents in the room, close your ears for a second. Um, don't go into a major because you think you're going to get a job with it. A Bachelor of Arts degree is the standard degree in every subject on any college campus, and it has been for hundreds of years. You get a Bachelor of Arts in History, a Bachelor of Arts in, in Political Science, whatever. There is no job guarantee attached to that piece of paper. Okay? There is a particular track that is available to you with an education degree in music, but it doesn't guarantee you a job. If you, a performance degree doesn't guarantee you a job, but it gives you the skills to which you can go out and find a lot of different things. It may not be a traditional nine to five job, you may have several things that you piece together, but if you're, if you're, college is not a trade school. College is the last chance in your life to expand what, what you want to learn, to find that which you are passionate about, and to go for things. That's really what college is. And so, if you love playing, and you're scared to death of five-year-olds, <laughs> welcome, most of us are, by the way. <clears throat> and any parents of five-year-olds can, can tell you some really great war stories. Um, but then, then that may say something, but it may not. It may be like Stephen. It, it may be the thing that two years in gets you really excited about it. So don't, don't lock in and be the best player you can be, as, as Dr. Scott said. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. You're going to be trained to be a great musician and an educator or a great musician and a performer and maybe do some accounting on the side so you can keep your taxes going from the various things that you have doing. But don't pick a, don't pick a major just because of the job that you think you're going to get from it. I would say on that that um, if you look at all the top performers in the world, and I've forgotten which one I had said it, um, those top performers at some point are teachers, most of them. If you look at the the Yehudi menu and, and all of those people, at some point they become teachers. It's at a level that's much higher than most of us teach at, but everyone at some point will be a teacher probably. Uh, the other thing to remember too is, it, I, I believe that you go to college to learn how to think. <laughs> and if music is the thing that gets you to do that, all the better. One of my favorite little facts and figures, and this came out in a study that's about 10 years old now. I don't know that it's any different. Outside the hard sciences, no, actually it's not. That's not correct. Yes, I got it wrong. Here it is. Of all the majors who apply to medical school, which major has the highest rate of acceptance? Pre-med, chemistry, music, music. Now, not by numbers, but percentage of music majors by majors who apply. Music majors have the highest percentage rate of acceptance into medical school of any other major. Musicians are pretty smart people. 
They know how to finish tasks. One of my other little favorite statistics is the average time a person spends on a web, web page is three seconds. If they can't find an answer, they go someplace else. I've been trying for, let's see, how long have I played the clarinet? 57 years I've been playing the clarinet, right? I started when I was two. You're supposed to laugh. Folks. <laughs> I still, every day, I work on a, any clarinet players in the audience? Open G. How many open G's have you played in your life? I promise you I've played about 8 million of them. I'm going to figure it out one of these days. We stay more than three seconds on the web page. That's good. Okay, I've got my own here. But uh, I'll speak quickly to that. Uh, I have a lot of degrees, and, and I've done a lot in my life, and, and I'm just thankful to have all of it. <laughs> I have an undergraduate degree in music education, and I'm so glad because I reached a point in my life when I wanted to be a band director, and I did. And I'm so glad I have the teaching certificate, and, uh, and I don't regret that at all. But I also have a master's degree in, in horn performance, and I'm so glad because I became, uh, I had experiences performing in the horn, and, and I'm, I say it's wonderful that I was able to do that. Uh, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with pursuing um, multiple goals in your life. Uh, you, if you, you want to be a teacher, that's, that's great, you, you will be a teacher. You want to be a performer, that's great, you'll be a performer. You can do both. You, you can do, it's, it's all wonderful and it's all a, a great opportunity for you to do. So you can think about that. So, is T here? T, T, E, T. Can you explain your handle for me on Twitter? Your handle at, it's it. Oh, a, um, Twila? Twila. Official. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, I, I have no idea what this is about. This cool. Okay. Uh, she asked, is it detrimental if you don't major in music but minor in music, and does that dwindle different job opportunities? So can, can we talk a little bit about majoring versus minoring in music? Generally speaking, a minor in any subject is, that means that you're going to take somewhere between 18 and 20 college credits. Um, so the average major, in, in music at least, is somewhere around 50 to 80, depending on, on how many <clears throat> general education classes you have to take on your particular campus. Um, so obviously, just in the number of hours that you're expected, you won't have as much particular interest in there. Now, that's the minimum number for the college to accept that on your transcript. You can take as many lessons as you want. You can play as many ensembles as you want. I bet almost everywhere you can take as many academic music classes as you'd like to. Um, some places have restrictions based on, they have to make sure all the majors can take them first so they only have X number of seats available. Um, but the, uh, having a minor might not lead to, well, it, it certainly wouldn't lead to music education certification. You couldn't minor in music and get music certification. That being said, anybody with a college degree in the state of Texas can seek alternate certification in any subject that they'd like to, to, to look at. Um, so it may slow that process down on the education side, and that's merely a certification issue. That's got nothing to do with the, with the college learning. Um, but it, 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 can, it can dwindle those opportunities if you want it to, depending on the opportunities on your campus and how much you want to keep pushing. You can be as involved as you want. I would say, too, that a minor in music if, if you really want to do something else, but you just want to know a little bit about more about music so that you can be a better 
church musician or a better you know performer on the weekends that that it's good for that because you will take theory of some sort and so you'll learn a little bit of the mechanics of music and how it's put together and I, I really think that does help us all become better performers if we know those mechanics. Um, you know, uh, in, in my experience to the colleges that I've talked to, um, there's different levels of scholarship available based on whether you're not majoring in music but you're participating in some music classes. If you're minoring in music, the available scholarship music money tends to go up and if you're majoring that in music, that would be the highest possibility of scholarship. Is, is that pretty much true? So that, that, might, uh, that might factor in a little bit. I figured out your handle, because that's your name, and you're the official you. That makes sense. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, this, uh, this next question was asked by someone who specifically did not want me to point them out. They are right. I'm kidding. Okay. Um, anyway, they've said, I've heard the first year of teaching is horrible. What if I major in music, I become a teacher, and I wind up hating it? Panel? Do something else. <laughs> the last thing we need out there is one more teacher who doesn't want to be there. All right? You want to be out there and doing it because it's what you want to do. And if you realize you spent all this time, this four years, a gigantic length of time, it's not that long, by the way, and, and get out there and you think you've wasted your life, you're wrong. You've learned so much in your training to enter that profession, you can do just about anything else. As I said before, musicians are pretty smart people and they're problem solvers. You go into a practice room or your bedroom or wherever you practice and you figure out how to make this thing work all by yourself, right? On our campus, across the campus, they love to employ music students as student workers because they can give them jobs in general, they're not all perfect, right? And they can figure out how to complete the tasks as opposed to sitting there like a lump until someone tells them the next thing to do. You know, so you have great training. If you get out there and you don't like it, get out and do something that you absolutely love. Don't be unhappy, right? Enjoy what you're doing, which is one of the great benefits of what I do. And I think everybody else up here feels the same way that we really enjoy what we do. Um, I know my first year teaching was horrible, and there were many things that I hated about it, um, but you know, I didn't hate teaching. I hated all the other things that go with it. Uh, and a lot of people who leave, the vast majority do that, because if you love music enough that you're majoring in music education, then there's a good chance that you will love teaching but when you start, you're going to be really bad at it, like anything else. Uh, and so there's two things to think of there. One is to make sure that you're training uh, as much as you can when you're in college. Don't waste too much of that time partying. Uh, like, you won't have that time anyway. If, if you're going to do that major in something else. Uh, but, uh, you know, get with some actual students uh, if you can. Go and try to work at a local school after school. Go and teach some lessons. Get some experience teaching, that'll help you out. And then number two, know that all the things that you do as a teacher, you, you will get better at as you do them more. And know that that first year probably will be the very worst of all the years. Uh, and so it's, it's going to get better. So if, I mean, if you absolutely hate absolutely everything about it and you hate students and all of that different types of things, then maybe, it's, maybe you should go on. But um, it is gonna be, it is gonna be rough that first year, but if you'll know whether or not it's worth it to keep on going. 
I'd like to add just one more thing. If, if you're in a large urban or suburban school district, you might very well have a mentor assigned to you um, when you get there. If you are in a, either a school district that doesn't or you're in a rural situation where, where that just isn't common, um, find somebody who's got several years of experience. And a mentor isn't somebody who will just tell you only the good stuff. Um, they will lovingly tell you what you can get better at and other ways to do it. So if you have a horrible first year, sit down with your mentor at the end of the first year, decide, as Stephen said, is it the teaching that I don't like? Is it the kids I don't like? Or is it the stuff? And if it's the stuff, the mentor can probably help figure out ways to either get around it or get better at it. Um, and that mentor may very well be able to say, give it one more year, see if you still don't like it. They may be able to say, you're right, it's time to go on to something else. They almost, almost they, they could also say, no, you've got this, you just have to get over this hurdle and this hurdle and this hurdle. Find somebody to talk to, not just your friends from college, not just your parents, not just somebody who thinks that, that you're wonderful, although you need all those folks too, but find somebody in the profession who can help you make some of those good decisions. The other thing to remember is there is no perfect job. Um, you have, it's always a balancing act and a weighing act. And there are things about my job I love and there are things about it I hate. But I basically, I like it. And so you have to always weigh um, what are the good things and what are the bad things. And is it peculiar to this? Um, I've been at Victoria College much longer than I thought I would be. And I've had administrators I really liked and I've had administrators I thought couldn't think their way out of any problem. Um, I won't say what I called them. But, uh, you know, it's really, I'm still there and they're gone. So <laughs> what you have to do is decide is it worth it and can you wait them out. And also remember, you're a musician. You're smarter than they are. So you can figure, you know, you can figure out a way around it. That's how I always look at it. Uh, one of my tongue-in-cheek comments uh, about situations like this is if everybody's happy, something's wrong. People aren't paying attention. You know, Don't expect a perfect job. None of us has the perfect job. None of us has ever played the perfect phrase or sung the perfect phrase. It can always get a little better. All right. Uh, I like this question. This is good. This is from Jordan Beckman. Okay. You, you can reveal yourself if you wish. You don't have to. You did, oh, hi. Hi, Jordan Beckman. Um, you ask, uh, will the college I go to make or break my music education career? An example being UNT versus UT. And then in parentheses, UNT all the way. I, I can see you haven't decided yet. <laughs> So, Dr. Scott's obviously given a scholarship already. <laughs> talk, talk to this man right here. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll speak in general terms, even though she's obviously an incredibly insightful person. <laughs> when you're looking at colleges, one of the things you want to look at is the success of the students who have gone to that college and to the, the students who are there at that college. And you just have to do that investigation and find out what graduates from UT or what graduates from Hardin-Simmons or, or wherever, how have they done? 
in their in their in their careers. And I think everybody represented in this panel is pretty proud of their graduates who've gone out. Uh, and we'll talk specifically music ed, right? We'll talk specifically about music education. We're all very proud of our music ed graduates. Um, and where you go to school and what you learn in that place, is, it works kind of like a marriage. You know, I tell people when they come to auditions that they're auditioning for us to see if we feel that in our opinion this is the place that you'll fit best. And we are acutely aware that we are auditioning for you while you're there so you can see if this is the right place for you to be. If you get that match, you're home free, you know. And that can happen in Denton, Texas, or Austin, Texas, or Victoria, or Abilene, or Commerce, or any other city that has a, a good music program, right? So while I do agree with you, in your opinions and tastes, <laughs> I have to be honest with everybody in this room and, and tell you, you have to find the right place for you and I, one of the great things about living in this part of the world is there are so many good programs around. You know, if, if, you, if you are not from Texas and you've never lived outside of Texas or you don't deal with higher education outside of Texas, particularly music education, you realize how absolutely wonderful things are in this state. And people in Texas tend to take this for granted. You know, I hear, I hear all the time people say, well, I can't go to college anymore in North Texas because it's too expensive. Our in-state tuition, our out-of-state tuition, rather, is lower than in-state tuition at the University of Michigan if you pay full truck. And that's just one example, right? You can go to school in Texas, and I know it's expensive, for a lot less money. In most cases, you can go to any other place in the country. Yes. A hand. No, can I, a hand. I've been trying to figure it out. I'm having issues, but, that's, that's quite but let me right. tag on to that as a parent because it's very different than when we were music majors and trying to figure this out as a parent. It's occurring to me that question was perfect because every music degree doesn't have the same classes involved. And so, and every school is different. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's unsettling in some ways, but when I come to TMEA, and hopefully you guys can agree with this, you do see people from all different sizes of schools, and I don't know, it's just, it's, it's intimidating as a parent and as a student, because you want, is it gonna make me or break me if I come in and say I'm from UNT, or come in and say I'm from Angelo State? You know, it's, it's really, how can you how can you comfort us and let us know it's really okay? No I think I think if I can address that, it is okay. But I think an important part of deciding where you go, and as a naive girl from rural Indiana, I didn't know what I was getting into when I went to college. But I had had good training. I think it's really important that you know if you're looking at big schools, particularly like UT Austin or UNT. If I don't know your instrument or voice, but they may have multiple teachers in that area. I think it's important that you know whom you want to study with. I, I really believe your private instructor can make your experience or break your experience at a college, because that private instructor, for me, um, that studio was my family while I was there. 
And I was one of two undergraduate pianos, pianists in that studio, and the grad students took care of me. I mean, they kind of were my big brothers and sisters that came around and said, hey, what are you doing, what are you not doing? So if you're going thinking of a big school, which teacher do you like best? Listen to their students. If you have an opportunity, talk to them. Um, because the worst thing in the world is to get with this teacher that you have a totally opposite philosophy than they do. Because it won't work. It just won't work. I, I think, too, if you're talking about make or break career as an educator, um, the things that are going to matter the most are, first and foremost, how good are you? You know, if you're lousy, that will make or break your career, that will break it. If you're really, really, really amazing, no matter what you're doing and where you're going, that's going to stand out to people. But you, uh, your persistence is going to matter about your career. Like, if you don't apply anywhere, you're not going to get anywhere. If you apply everywhere, you're going to get something, you know, uh, more than likely. If, uh, those, those type of things. And then the people that you know. So if you have a school you want to teach at, getting on there as a st sub, going and working with those directors and things, those are the things that I think tend to make and break careers, you know, as much, if not a whole lot more, than what university you're going to. Would that be fair? Let, let me let me say something quick. Uh, um, we have very high standards in our in our state, and and there are some incredible uh, professors and teachers at large universities. I mean, it's just amazing. Guess what? There are some incredible teachers and performers at small universities in our state. There are some incredible. Uh, teachers and performers at community college in our state. Uh, you can find quality all over the state. So I would really encourage you to, to consider who you are, where you want to be, and, and find the place where, where you can be comfortable and know that we have very high standards at all sizes of schools. And just tag on to that, because we have so many great faculty members and students at, at our, our, our universities and colleges, um, one of the things you can do is find your niche, do something, work work extra summer camps, do do something. It could even be outside of music. It, it could be something leadership oriented, some some internship in a in a in a church setting or something else that, that shows what your personality is, what you're willing to do, what you've what you have done. Um, and that'll set you off. And and those opportunities are going to be different for North Texas students than they are for Hardin-Simmons students or, or, or Commerce or anybody else. Find your particular niche that you can do in that geographic area with those other folks and set yourself apart. Okay, um, real quick, I think we should enter two things. One, uh, make this the lightning round, see if we can get a few more questions in in this last little bit of time. So we'll try to keep responses concise. And part two, let's take some from the floor. You can keep submitting your questions and I will make sure that somebody answers those. Uh, any, any of the panelists who want to field some of those questions uh, via email or to our page, or at very least, I'll give you the best answer I can come up with. Uh, and uh, you can keep those coming. But in the meantime, let's take some from the floor, right, right over here. Nicholas? For people that uh, are unsure about education, I mean, if you're considering education, one thing that might help is actually going to your uh, high school Yeah, so he, he's in, endorsing volunteering inside of programs that you know. Yeah, going and getting some experience right there with your directors. I, and I think that's a great idea. I don't think any of us would disagree. Is, is there another question? Anybody who wants to ask one? I can go. Okay, good. Yeah, right over here. Um, in looking at a degree in music and parent, um, 
are they going to have like a major in music and a minor in education? Are the classes they need to learn to teach and educate, are those going to be included in their major? How does that work? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, yes, sir? Those are all usually folded into, into, in, into sort of one broad area, curricular area. A lot of what we teach is mandated by the state for certification reasons. You must do this, 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 and this. And I bet you we could go down the list of, of the curriculum and music education in all of the schools represent here, and we'd be so close to being the same. You know, it's, it's pretty much uniform. And it's, much. it's all one degree plan. So okay. when, when you're looking at your degree plan for your college, which every university website will have this on there somewhere, you may have to search for it, but you can go and look at every single class you're going to be taking and be all excited about music theory, sight singing, and teaching reading and content area. <laughs> uh, another question? Someone? Yes, sir. Uh, what is the audition process audition for music performance versus music education and I guess this would be a scholarship audition versus uh, entry audition uh, for either setting for our particular university and every other university for which I've worked there's no difference at all and uh, the, the scholarship audition happens at the same time as the entrance audition and doesn't matter whether you're performance or music ed we hear the same same things on our audition from all folks some schools have different repertory requirements for different areas. We have slightly different requirements for performance majors than we do for music education or composition majors and things like that. They're generally very much the same. And different really crazy ones for like jazz audition program entries and things, right? I mean, just any program is going to be different. Well, one of the things that we do in, in our jazz program that a lot of people don't realize, if you're going to be a jazz trumpet player, you better know how to play the trumpet. The straight-ahead trumpet. You know, the trumpet is the trumpet. The saxophone is the saxophone. You have to audition in that area and do a jazz audition, which is a lot of sight reading and things and improv. Uh, very good. Another question. I said I said lightning round. Yes, sir. So his question is time management in college. I think I think it depends on where you go. Um, I was point blank told as a performance major that I would practice six hours a day every day a week except Christmas and my birthday, and I did it. Wow. Okay, uh, that's what I had to do. Wow. Um, and I think that's an extreme case at a big school, but I think you know you. At our school, you were expected to do that, and if you didn't do that, the peer pressure was, well, you're not serious about this. So if they're serious about it, they're going to practice two to four hours a day at least, period. And they're going to get their work done, and then they'll relegate their partying to hard partying on the weekends. We also have in place, we have four full-time undergraduate counselors who do nothing but advise students. You know. We encourage people to go, if they, they have a problem, go see a counselor, right? Uh, applied music teachers also are, are oftentimes the touch point. 
You know, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen people walking around the halls living on energy drinks. Sometimes you just have, have to stop and say, look, sleep is okay, right? You need to do this, you need to spend more time here. And, and as I said before, we don't teach pianists, we teach people. And if you go to a place that's worth its salt, they'll watch out for what's going on and try to guide you through those things. And it, it's hard to manage your time when someone's told you what to do and when to do it from 9.16 in the morning till 10.42 or whatever your class schedule is. And all of a sudden you have all this open time. And it's great, except you realize you don't have that much open time. Um, yes, uh, and that, that's, uh, that I, I joked earlier about not partying, but you know, downtime is important and uh, everybody will spend some time not working. But if you're spending a lot of time not working, there's somebody else that is spending that time working and getting better, and you're gonna be competing with them for a job at some point or for something that you want. And uh, so it's, it's a cost benefit, right? Uh, another question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what are the classes do you like performance, education, music, and like teaching? Okay, so a, a, as a degree or as a career? A degree. So can you double major in music education and performance? Most college campuses do allow double majors. You do need to check. You need to check with the, the registrar and in the catalog, but it'll say the, the way you go about double majoring. Um, so that, that should be pretty standard on, on most college campuses. You can do anything you want to. You also consider that it will take more energy and time and more hours, and you'll be a lot better. So. And the other thing is, you're going to play the best you can anyway. I have a Bachelor of Science degree in music education. And I practiced. Okay? Nobody cared when I auditioned for graduate school that I didn't have a performance degree. Nobody cared, right? When you audition for your horn degree. They want to know how you play the horn, how you play the instrument, how beautifully you play your instrument or sing. In, in many ways, the music education degree is a performance degree in that you'll be taking private lessons, you'll be taking a lot of the same basic music classes and things. The difference is if you do music performance, you're not taking the education courses and you're doing more private lessons, more. Uh, and, and usually, as far as hours time, like actual hours inside a classroom, would you say music performance degree usually requires less but a lot more practice time or would you put them the same or how would you categorize that? It kind of depends from campus to campus, generally speaking. We have a national organization which kind of controls competencies, um, the National Association of Schools of Music, and so some of those things are kind of set up on a national norm. We also have state regulations in the public school sector of how many hours that, that we can have uh, degrees take. So gen I, I suppose the performance degrees might be 120 hours on paper, 120 credits on paper, where education degrees may be 125 to 128. Um, and that, that's just for uh, general purposes, but you're going to spend the same amount of time and you're probably going to want to play in extra ensembles and take a few extra lessons and take some more pedagogy classes. Everybody's going to graduate with more than 120 credits. I can't speak for everybody else at this panel, but there's this move in higher education in the state of, state of Texas to, camp, to cap degrees at 120 hours. And this may be very politically incorrect to say, but that's stupid. You want to have as many experiences as you can and try as much as you can when you're in college. This is not, who set up here? This is not 
a trade school. Yeah, David said that's not a trade school. You're here to learn how to think. And if you can explore a little bit when you're in college, I think that's a big mistake. Um, I, I've got kind of a concluding question, and then uh, one or two things we're nearly done. I, I hope you guys have been enjoying this, but uh, I, I know we were all of us who were educators and went to hear Ken Robinson were inspired by him saying that the cost of college degrees are going up while the value appears to be going down. Uh, by inspired, I mean that that sounded very scary to a lot of us. Um, so I think we all know that going and majoring in music is an investment of both our, our time, our energy, and our money. Uh, and the cost of not doing other things at that time. Uh, can you talk a little bit to that? Like, uh, what's the what's the best justification against those type of odds for majoring in music? Does that make sense? Like, uh, yeah, good, good luck, good luck. It's, it's hard. Yeah. As idealistic as it might sound, since when does you want to be a person who earns a million and a half dollars a year and be unhappy? or earn $55,000 a year and have a great time being a middle school band director or uh, playing the violin in an orchestra, a beginning you know, entry-level orchestra. What do you want to do? You know, It's not about money, folks. It's about what you do in your life. I could have done a lot of things in my life that would make me a lot more money, but I'm sure having fun doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> and that's worth a lot to me. I, I the other, if I can add one thing, I think most of those people who are making a lot of money, they're doing what is they're passionate about. And, and the people who are most successful are those who are passionate about what they do. I, I, I think that's the perfect way to do it. So basically we're saying that if you're evaluating your life on statistics and finances only and not looking at, you know, actually living a fulfilling life, then you, you might... You know, you might be having the wrong criteria for that evaluation. Eating is good. Eating is good. Eating is good. And I, I mean, I, I uh, teach at a, a rural school, and I'm a middle school band director right now, and uh, I, I can still go buy groceries. It's no problem. You know, and I, I'm incredibly happy, and I think that it was worth it. Well, and just the whole political push. In the, in the 1940s, if you got to high school, you were better than most of the people in your community. By the 50s, you were kind of expected to graduate from high school, but you didn't have to. By the 70s, it was great if you could go to college. By the 80s, if you graduated from college, that was great. Now we sort of expect everybody to go to college. That doesn't make you happy. That doesn't make you hireable, whatever. Go to college because it's the thing that you want to do to get to where you want to go. Don't go there because, because it's the political thing that somebody said you had to be able to do so you could be a statistic. I am the first person in my family ever to graduate from college. And I sure am glad I did it, and I'm glad the situation's the way it is today. I'm glad more people are going to college. There's so much more to learn out there, right? Uh, now, a quick question. Uh, are you guys immediately going somewhere else after this? Anybody? Um, so I, I imagine that if you wanted to catch one of these people and uh, talk to them, especially about their university and some of those things, that uh, they might be the only person you could you could catch here to talk to. Um, or if you want to talk to me, I think we'll probably all be right out here inside of this foyer if you, you want to say something, which would be great. Don't, don't hit me, please. Uh, and uh, also, if you are an iOS user, uh, I talked to, uh, I, I said there's a podcast, a radio program, which I think we'll be broadcasting this in a few weeks. That's what these Twitter and Facebook accounts are for. Feel free to listen to that. We've done some stuff on majoring in music and 
uh, it, it's right up your interest alley. Whether or not it's quality, you can decide. But um, uh, among that, we've interviewed some music education technology companies, and I called one and said, do you have something that I could give audience members? There's four apps they do. There's a vocal app, uh, a music theory app that's training and ear training, a metronome app, and uh, another one. That was good. They're music education apps, and they've given me 20 copies of each of those to distribute to you if you will message me. So if uh, any of those apps sound interesting to you, at, at least the first 20 people that message me, uh, I'll, I'll email you back, ask you which one you want. Uh, and uh, there's as many as 80 of those. So uh, feel free, all of you guys that were tweeting and Facebooking, and we'll try to hit those questions. Uh, and you know, if you're going to major in music, good luck. It's, it's going to be awesome. Just saying. Just saying. Thank you very much. I think uh, uh, one thing that I get from all of this, and, and in my career also, is that music is not a vocation, it's a way of life. And uh, how about a big round of applause? Enjoy the rest of TMEA and be careful on the escalators. <laughs>